Information discussed in this podcast may be sensitive in nature to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Tiffany Diane Holbert married her childhood sweetheart, Charles O'Rafferty, right out of high school, and together they had five daughters. Tiffany was always a doting and loving mother who, despite their financial hardships, was always there for her kids. By 2014, however, Tiffany and Charles would divorce. Tiffany continued to struggle financially to support her daughters and herself. She worked at a local McDonald's and she was a reliable, hard worker, according to all of her coworkers. By 2015, Tiffany, at 39 years old, began dating a man by the name of Jeremy Campbell, who was 22 years old. And her family wasn't thrilled, and neither was Jeremy's. Jeremy lived at home with his mother, and she was also adamantly against the relationship her son had with Tiffany. In 2018, Tiffany and Jeremy's relationship was on again, off again. They were fighting a lot, and those fights were getting physical. Tiffany was at home on June 13th, 2018. She had recently had surgery on her foot, but Tiffany still wanted to go for her usual walk. Her daughter said she took the same walk often, and this day would be no different. She left for her walk around 6 o'clock p.m. Tiffany never made it home from that walk and Tiffany has not been seen or heard from since. Where is Tiffany Diane Holbert? Hello, and welcome back to the Where Are They podcast in another unsolved missing persons case. The story of Tiffany Holbert is quite frustrating and is quite a mystery for the residents of Dunlap, Tennessee. And thanks to the recent efforts from the team at Cold Justice, Tiffany's story has had some more media attention in these recent months. Cold Justice is an Oxygen Network television show that follows former prosecutor Kelly Siegler and her team to different parts of the U.S. to help solve and investigate cold cases. To date, the team is responsible for helping 49 cold cases finally see an arrest. Tiffany's case was featured last September, and while many things were learned, Tiffany Holbert is still missing. Before we head to Dunlap, Tennessee, and talk about Tiffany Holbert, I want to give a huge welcome to our newest Patreon member, Nina. Thank you for supporting our cause and our mission. Last week, we put up the story of Orin and Orson West, the tragic disappearance of two young boys from Bakersfield, California. You can find extra episodes over on Patreon and ad-free versions of our regular weekly podcast as well. Of course, if you have any case suggestions you'd like us to cover in a future episode, 
please feel free to send an email to canwefindthem at gmail.com or reach out to us anytime via social media. You can find our podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and all of those links will be in the show notes. Despite Tiffany's story having some national coverage with the Cold Justice team, there is still pretty limited information out there. And I don't think it's because they haven't released a lot of information, but because the investigation leads to one main theory and then it kind of stops there. Of course, we'll dig into as much as we do know. And of course, the goal is to just keep helping to spread awareness on these cases. Tiffany Diane Holbert was born May 21st, 1976, and grew up in and around the town of Dunlap, Tennessee. At age 12, she met Charles O'Rafferty, and they would go on to become high school sweethearts, eventually getting married and having five daughters together. Finances for them were always a struggle. They had children very young, and Dunlap, Tennessee, with a population of just over 5,000 residents, has limited opportunities. And eventually, Charles and Tiffany would divorce, with finances being the main reason for their fights. Tiffany remained determined, however, to keep supporting her daughters the best she could, and pretty soon a couple of grandchildren as well. In 2015, Tiffany started dating a young man by the name of Jeremy Campbell. She was smitten by him, and perhaps since she had had children and married so young, maybe she felt this was her opportunity to find herself and pursue things in life that she wanted to. The relationship was rocky, however, and neither Tiffany's family nor Jeremy's family were fans of the relationship. Tiffany had been seen with bruises and a black eye after dating Jeremy, and some that knew both of them stated that Jeremy was physical and controlling towards Tiffany. Tiffany's daughters didn't like him because of how he treated their mother. And they said overall, he just seemed to have a bad attitude. But Tiffany and Jeremy stayed together. Jeremy's mother, Gloria, also wasn't a fan of Tiffany. She and Tiffany were about the same age, and she didn't approve of her dating her son. In fact, in the summer of 2018, there would be an altercation between Gloria and Tiffany, and it would turn physical. It would take place at a car wash in Dunlap. There would be criminal charges, and both Gloria and Tiffany had to go to court, with a court date scheduled of June 15, 2018. Also, in early June of that year, Tiffany had a procedure done on her foot, and she was in a fair amount of pain. But she couldn't and wouldn't let that slow her down as she was supporting her daughters and grandkids with her income from McDonald's. All of these reasons made the actions of June 13th, 2018, even more mysterious. The Disappearance On June 13th, 2018, Tiffany was home most of the day. She was planning on resting and staying off her feet, but around 6 p.m., 
She changed her mind. She told her daughters that she had decided to go for a walk. Now, Tiffany often went for walks around the neighborhood, generally taking their road, Creekview Lane, in a loop. Her daughter said this was a normal route. They were a little surprised that she left for a walk when her foot was still hurting her. But Tiffany told her daughters that she'd be back in a bit. She grabbed her cell phone and left their home. When a couple of hours went by and Tiffany didn't return, the girls started calling their mother's cell phone, but there was no answer. There was no sign of her around her walking route either. They would continue to try her cell phone periodically throughout the night and by the next day, at which point they knew something was wrong. They had to do something and call in help. They called 911 to report their mother missing. The search and investigation. Authorities did respond to the call right away and headed to Tiffany's home to speak with her daughters. The girls told investigators that their mother only took her cell phone with her when she left and nothing else. She had walked down their road, Creekview Lane, heading towards Highway 127 North. So law enforcement hit the ground running looking for clues, and pretty quickly, they found one. They stumbled across an ATM video camera that caught Tiffany walking by. This video camera was at an ATM that was about a 15-minute walk from her house. In this video, you can clearly see Tiffany walking by. She is alone. She is limping a little bit as perhaps her foot was bothering her. And she walks by pretty close, actually, to this ATM. So you can clearly see it is indeed Tiffany. And then something catches her eye across the parking lot. Coming into frame of the video, in the parking lot across the way, the parking lot for the Sequatchie Electric Co-op, is the faint image of a red four-door car pulling in. Tiffany looks over at the car, throws her hands up, almost in a frustrated manner, and then begins walking over towards the vehicle. She approaches the car and then gets in the passenger side. And the car then drives off out of frame of the video. All of this happened pretty quickly, leading investigators to believe that she had to know who was in that car, or it seemed like she did. So, of course, right away, authorities set off to find the answer to the most obvious question. Who was driving that car? It doesn't take them long to enhance the video enough to see that it is a red Pontiac Bonneville, and the driver is none other than Jeremy Campbell, Tiffany's on-again, off-again boyfriend. They immediately head over to Jeremy's to ask him about Tiffany, and first he tells them that he hasn't seen Tiffany in three months. He says they broke up, and he hasn't talked to her since. But he then changed his story when they confront him with the video evidence that they have. Jeremy says that, yes, he did indeed meet with Tiffany. They were going to go back to his house. However, they had an argument and she insisted that she be let out of the car. Jeremy says he let her out of the car somewhere on Highway 111. He claims that he didn't see her or talk to her again after that. 
Jeremy would also drop the name of Tiffany's ex-husband, Charles, and said the two of them were having a lot of trouble recently and investigators should speak to him. And detectives did do their due diligence. They spoke to people who knew Charles and Tiffany, and many people confirmed that they did have a really tough relationship since their divorce. When Charles was questioned, he confirmed a lot of what was said. But he was also adamant that he still loved Tiffany and that he always would. She was the mother of his children, after all. She was his childhood sweetheart. It seemed like he wanted her found as much as the girls did. And authorities believed him and ruled him out as having anything to do with Tiffany's disappearance. Police also went and talked to Tiffany's co-workers and manager at the McDonald's, and they confirmed that she had shown up for work on a few occasions with bruises and once even a black eye. The manager also said that Tiffany had recently been promoted and she had not picked up her last paycheck. Investigators at this point decided to go back to Jeremy's to ask some more questions. And when they went to his house a second time to question him further, he told investigators that he wasn't talking anymore and he had now hired an attorney. Everyone was really leaning in towards two main thoughts here. Did Tiffany run away from her life to start fresh? It was no secret to everyone that she was struggling financially and with her relationships. Perhaps she just had to get away. But this was a tough theory for many that knew Tiffany. Tiffany was such a doting mother and she had lived in the Dunlap area her whole life. It just didn't make sense to those that knew her. And if you were planning on leaving for any length of time, why not pick up your last paycheck so you'd at least have some money to take with you? The second main thought was that Jeremy was somehow involved and his mother was under suspicion as well. Gloria Campbell and Tiffany were due in court on June 15th, just two days after she vanished. Authorities also had served a search warrant on Jeremy and Gloria's house and was met with a very unhappy Gloria and one of their neighbors as well, a man by the name of Mark Coots. All of these people were now on the radar of police. To try and help law enforcement know where to focus their attention and their efforts, they subpoenaed Tiffany's phone records. The conversation leading up to Tiffany's disappearance did help paint a clearer picture of what led up to Tiffany meeting up with Jeremy on that evening. Apparently, they were texting back and forth, actually about breaking up. But then Jeremy said he wanted to meet up and have sex. Tiffany told him that her foot hurt. She had just had some shots in her foot. Walking was painful for her. But Jeremy said, fine, he would just go find someone else. So Tiffany finally relented and agreed to meet with him. They agreed on meeting at the spot where Tiffany was seen getting into his car. But Jeremy stuck by his story that while he did pick her up, they ended up in an argument and he let her out of his car. Dunlap, Tennessee.
Dunlap, Tennessee is a small town in Sequatchie County, Tennessee. It is, in fact, the county seat of Sequatchie County. Dunlap's population sits just above 5,000 residents. Dunlap is located in the south-southeastern part of the state, about a 40-minute drive to the north of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Dunlap is often referred to as the hang gliding capital of the East and is home to the East Coast Hang Gliding Championships. The town is a mountain town with lots of hiking areas and the famous Coke Park. The website describes Coke Park as this. The historic Dunlap Coke Ovens Park is an 88-acre tree-shaded park located in the heart of Sequatchie County in Dunlap, Tennessee. Come explore the remains of 268 beehive Coke ovens used in the early 1900s to convert mountain coal into industrial Coke, a product used to smelt iron ore. Visitors can come to the park anytime and view the ruins. The park is free and draws in a lot of people. Other than that, Dunlap is a pretty quiet, small town. Creekview Lane, where Tiffany lived, is a small dead-end road. Tiffany's walk took her down Creekview Lane to Brush Creek Road. Tiffany then took Brush Creek Road north, which runs adjacent to Big Brush Creek. Big Brush Creek is a popular waterway for kayakers, whitewater rafters, and other water sport enthusiasts. While it is a creek, it's a pretty substantial creek. Tiffany then made her way to the Sequatchie Electric Co-op parking lot. From there, we know she got into the car with Jeremy, but we have no idea where Tiffany and Jeremy went. And of course, Dunlap and that whole area of Tennessee is a very rural area surrounded by the Great Smoky Mountains, which makes searching for missing persons in this area challenging at best. Interestingly enough, Tiffany Holbert isn't Dunlap's only missing person case. And even more surprising is this other missing person case happened in the same year, in 2018. On April 15th, 2018, Matthew Tyler Henry disappeared. He was last seen at the Tractor Supply store in Dunlap, and his white Ford Mustang was found still in the parking lot, but Matthew seemed to vanish from there. His case is believed to be a homicide, although we don't have many more details. Almost exactly two months later, Tiffany Holbert also vanished. Authorities do not believe these two cases are related, but it's certainly unusual for this small town to have two missing person cases almost back to back, when generally they don't have any. And to this day, five years later, in 2023, both of these cases remain open, and Matthew, along with Tiffany, is still missing. Theories At this point, investigators suspect a homicide in Tiffany's case, and Jeremy Campbell remains a person of interest. Detectives can place him as the last person to have seen Tiffany, at least the last person they know about. 
and through some detective work, they also learn that Jeremy has a penchant for violence. Even in reading through the text messages between Jeremy and Tiffany, they can confirm that Jeremy was physically abusive to Tiffany. But there just isn't any physical evidence to connect Jeremy to Tiffany's disappearance. When authorities pressed Jeremy and told him that they know that he was physical with her, he suddenly produced a letter that he said Tiffany wrote to him, a love letter of sorts. And law enforcement did send this off for handwriting analysis as they didn't believe Tiffany had wrote it, and they still don't. They believe Jeremy produced this letter in an attempt to show investigators that their relationship was good. Years later, as cold justice came in to investigate, they also questioned Jeremy's mother again. In the end, they don't necessarily think she has knowledge of anything, but would likely protect her son if so. They also questioned that former neighbor and friend, Mark Coots. He said that Jeremy had told him a slightly different story. He said Jeremy had told him that when Tiffany got out of Jeremy's car that day, she got into a white pickup truck. He had never told that to investigators, so they theorized that he was just having trouble keeping his story straight. What do you think? Do you believe Jeremy Campbell is involved in Tiffany Holbert's disappearance? Another popular theory is that Tiffany left of her own accord. There are several factors of her life that point to this as a possibility. But to me, at least, it seems like there's many more factors that point to this as an unlikely theory. Yes, Tiffany was struggling to support her children and grandchildren financially. She was also stuck in a relationship that was quite possibly abusive. Perhaps Tiffany felt leaving was the best thing for everyone. Maybe she thought it was her only way out. But where did she go and how did she get there? Did someone else meet her afterwards and she might have left with them? If so, why are there no phone records to link this person to Tiffany? Or maybe Tiffany was dropped off by Jeremy Campbell and then met with foul play while walking down a mountain road. Maybe this was a crime of opportunity or even an accident. The terrain in the mountains can be treacherous in spots and Tiffany was somewhat injured. But then why has no one found her? What do you think happened to Tiffany Diane Holbert? Tiffany is described as a Caucasian woman five foot four inches tall and weighing around 165 pounds when she was last seen on June 13th, 2018. Tiffany was 42 years old then and would today be 47. Tiffany has shoulder length blonde hair and green eyes. Tiffany also has a tattoo on the inside of her forearm of the names Kayla, Chelsea, Amanda, Jasmine, and Allison in black cursive lettering with flowers and butterflies. Anyone with any information on the whereabouts of Tiffany Diane Holbert is asked to contact the Dunlap Police Department at 423-949-3319. Tiffany's five daughters still hope and pray for answers in their mother's disappearance. 
They were an exceptionally close family, with her daughter saying they spoke to her or were with her all day, every day. They have all waited far too long for answers in their mother's disappearance. If you'd like to watch the Cold Justice episode on Tiffany's case, it was aired in September of last year. It is season six, episode number 15. You can find it as of right now on the Peacock app or on YouTube. Hopefully with enough of a media push, answers can be forthcoming very, very soon for Tiffany and for her family, especially her daughters and grandchildren. A reminder to give us a follow over on the socials. If there are any updates, we will post them over there in real time. All of those links can be found in the show notes as well. You can also visit our website at wherearethepodcast.com and find all of our contact information as well as all of our past episodes there also. We hope you'll consider joining us as a subscriber or over on Patreon for bonus episodes. This is how we are able to make donations to the charities we work with and the family GoFundMe accounts that we do. If there's a family you'd like to contribute to directly, At any time, please contact me for information on how you can do that. If possible, I'll send you a direct link or I'll put you in touch directly with someone you can work with. Searching for missing loved ones often means families need to miss work. They need to hire private investigators, put up billboards, and even printing flyers can be a significant financial burden. Thank you again so, so much for listening to Tiffany's story today. Please share her story any way you can. Someone out there just might know something. We will be back again very soon with another unsolved missing persons case. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones.